0: Sort of, even though it's not labeled as a social justice movement podcast, I would actually at this point call it that. Um, we really try to highlight the voices of people of color and larger, larger-bodied individuals um, and their experience in movement space, and especially leaders in the movement space around yoga and accessibility and and all those kinds of things. And that we like to have a lot of humor. So the like similar to you guys, we are pretty funny everything is hilarious most of the bloopers are me like laughing so hard and peeing my pants
1: (laughs) welcome to chatting over chowder we're your hosts bethany and shareline chatting over chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder join us for some fun laughs and tomfoolery get your spoon ready we're about to dive in so much for joining us for another episode of Chatting Over Chowder. I am Bethany.
2: And I'm Cheryline.
1: And we're the dynamic duo behind Crackers and Soup, which is a podcast production company. And this is Chatting Over Chowder, where we talk to people in the podcasting industry about what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Today with us, we have Ayana Parent and For all truth purposes and what we do, we had actually recorded an episode with Ayana, but I lost it because hashtag fuck podcasting. (laughs) 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 So she she has beautifully and graciously allowed us to re-interview her because the episode was so bomb, we just needed to have her voice heard. So I'm going to read her bio again to her because she needs to know who she is. So Ayana Parent, L-I-C-S-W, and R-Y-T, I forgot how many letters were after your name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Good on you, though. (laughs) Is the CEO and founder of Be Free Wellness, Inc. Be Free is a nonprofit organization and community that transforms lives by providing free or affordable services, including movement, mindfulness, and coaching programs to those lives who've been interrupted by hardship. Ayana is a licensed independent clinical social worker and 500-hour registered yoga teacher. She is trained in restorative yoga, yoga of 12-step recovery, and multiple trauma-sensitive yoga-informed programs. She's developed her own business model that gives people an opportunity to release complex trauma out of the body using movement, holistic, and mindful techniques. She is the new author of Becoming Free, a memoir that talks about her journey from addiction to recovery. She is the host of the podcast Fit. Chat about body positivity and accessible movement. Ayana is also a leader and organizer in the social justice movement, the founder of Love and Revolution, an action based anti racist so- social media group based on Cape Cod and beyond with over 3,000 members. Thank you, Ayana! <laughs>
0: Paris! You are so welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: I cannot stop thanking you enough. <laughs> it's all good. That will so, never get old. <laughs> you are just such an incredible being, an incredible, an incredible soul, and that's why I, I said to Charline, it's if if Ayana is willing, I would love to re-interview her because what you're doing in this world is truly so beneficial and so beautiful, and you. Are so humble about it and i'm like uh someone sainthood ayana <laughs> <laughs>
0: How do we a, just give me a million dollars for a new wellness center and we're good call it even there you go there you go like it's uh, i See love how it just wasn't manifested to, like, just...
1: that yeah mm-hmm. yes and it wasn't even give me a million dollars it was give a million dollars to the wellness center right bada bing bada boom <laughs> done done Da-da-ding. magic wand so tell our listeners about your podcasting journey, how you wanted to concentrate on on wellness, and what a yoga podcast kind of looks like and sounds like.
0: Cool. So um, yeah, our podcast is called Fit Fat Chat. So uh, Fit Fat with a PH, we say. And um, yeah, you see that? Mm-hmm. So uh, my friend Chrissy and I, who goes by Big Red, and my tagline name would be Black Addict, um, we do create characters to better engage the audience, if you will, but also to break down the stereotypes in which two of us are dealing with different things in our lives. So she's very tall. She would say that she's bigger bodied. Um, I'm also a person of color, identify as black, but also in recovery. So it's just sort of a play on words there to create characters. Um, And so we were just kind of talking, she teaches Zumba, I taught Zumba for years and years and hip hop and dance, and I love it all. But then my journey really fell in love with yoga around like recovery and health and wellness. And I just felt like um a lot of the yoga spaces were really white, and um really just not adaptable to people of color or larger bodies. So it was just this very, it felt like a very skinny place that a lot of us didn't belong. Um and my friend and I were talking and she was feeling similar things about just the fitness industry in general. Um it was easier to adapt in Zoom, but I think you can get larger bodies in there just for the modalities and and the culture of it. But um so we were like, we should talk about this out loud. And so (laughs) Fit Fat Chat was born. And um, we talk about all different kinds of stuff. We're also it sort of even though it's not labeled as a social justice. Movement podcast. I would actually at this point call it that. Um, we really try to highlight the voices of people of color and larger, larger bodied individuals, um, and their experience in movement space, and especially leaders in the movement space around yoga and accessibility and, and all those kinds of things. And that we like to have a lot of humor. So the, like, similar to you guys, we are pretty funny. Everything is hilarious. Most of the bloopers are me, like, laughing so hard and peeing my pants. Um, And so, yeah, it's just really fun. It's meant to really give a lighter space to allow people just an avenue to feel free around movement.
1: I love that. It's so important what you had said because yoga kind of in the United States transitioned itself into Becky representing the yoga pants that make your butt looking good instead of concentrating on the purpose of yoga and energy and quiet and movement kind of became this elitist thing where yoga from its history comes from like the poor to the poor being able to utilize and and it wasn't even an exercise it was a spirituality
0: right it was a centering it was a grounding it was really just straight up meditation there wasn't a lot of movement in the beginning
2: And to go from that to you feel like, oh, I'm bigger bodied. I'm a person of color. People of color don't do this because all I see is, you know, someone who is white, blonde hair, and like you were saying, has tons of money because these classes were so expensive to ever even join um, that it just didn't feel like something accessible. And it's so incredible to see you really pushing that and allowing people to like just feel comfortable again feel comfortable in themselves because that's what you're doing you're really giving people an opportunity to be like you know it's it's okay you are who you are you can still do all of these things you know what I mean you don't have to just you don't have to be rich white and uh, you know a size zero in order to join yoga in order to enjoy the things that are going to better you mentally and physically so it's incredible. Yeah. And how yeah. did you um what kind of led you to that path of deciding to sort of get into yoga and get into meditation?
0: So yeah, my story really comes from um a place of addiction to recovery, which um I was pretty addicted to alcohol. i was a, been a licensed independent cl- clinical social worker for years and years, and that's just like a burnout job, the way that it's offered at this time and place um, in the American society, I would say specifically. Um, it's just, it doesn't, it's not a profession that really takes care of its staff in a way that is manageable. Um, and so I was really stressed out about that, um, and I just started to take on too much. My mother had passed away, and I was never really a healthy drinker in the first place, um, but just a combination of all those things really led me to a really dangerous path of, of becoming addicted to alcohol. Um, and so in rehab was the the moment where I really actually discovered yoga. I, I would go to yoga classes and like sit on the mat, but like who the heck in their right mind wants to like sit in quiet, like in Shavasana? If you're like... Uh, active alcoholic and like all of a sudden it's quiet in your brain. Every single thing that's ever happened to you that's bad that you did is like just comes up and goes around. And I'm like, you all are nuts for sitting there. Like, so I would like do yoga, but like get up and be like, peace out. I'm, gone. I'm leaving. It was so much easier for me to be like to do the movement and hip hop. Cause I could dance and things were active when I was into it. Uh, But that was the key for me is like, if I'm really going to grow personally, I have to go where I'm super uncomfortable. So that quiet place of being super uncomfortable in rehab was I was like, well, I'm safe enough to go there. So why not just go there? Right. So that's and, and what ended up happening was just amazing. From there, I started to breathe different, which then allowed me to think differently, which then allowed me to calm down, which I was able to control my emotions in a different way that I never could before. Um, I went into yoga teacher training. Like, it just kind of took off from there. That's how my business sort of, that's sort of the, the moment in which I was like, the world needs to know that this is a better way to live, not just for addiction. Cause if you think of addiction as the, like, right? Trauma is really the, the uh, gateway to addiction. So if we look at that, then movement and mindfulness really is the gateway to freedom. You like that? I just came up with that yesterday. I, I've just been waiting to say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> for dropping that today with us like everything that you just said in that whole statement and you didn't even like take a breath and dropping Ooh. all of that beauty like and I love what you I love what you had said about when prior to going to recovery you'd go to yoga and you'd be like okay because nobody tells you that all of these, th- all of these thoughts are going to come up right they don't tell you how to deal with this experience right like they're like, "Oh, downward facing dog, this is how your body should be positioned." But they don't tell you about the breathing through and right. it's okay if the if like your monkey brain happens, it has to happen. Mm-hmm. You just let it have to take its course. Like they and by the time I know that my big old body does yoga and they're giving me an opportunity to lay down. I'm like, I'm cool. Cause I'm about to fall asleep. <laughs> right. Like I'm not thinking about nothing except for the sweat that's beating in my eyes.
2: <laughs> well, and I think on top of that too, any active meditation, so many people's con- like perception is like, oh, that you have this peace, this quiet and you're supposed to be so Zen. But <laughs> nobody really explains that it is the most uncomfortable thing to be alone in your thoughts, right. to be sitting there where you're realizing, oh, my God, I'm a bad person. Like <laughs> you, it, all the things mm-hmm. it, it makes you so aware of all the negative things that you've done in your life. But it's like you said, that was that's the challenge. It's, it's sitting in that uncomfortableness that you become a better person because now you're aware of it.
0: Oh, it's just, I think that's the key to it is in what was different around working with social work and um, like really teaching people. And for me, like the awareness of what was going on for me in my body and in my brain, but how can I separate that so that I don't have the attachment to me being a bad person, right? With my breath, I could fully be aware that that was just something that I had to be aware of, but I didn't have to hold on to it. So it's like, that was like, oh my God, that's like magic. I have to teach other people this. Like I have to show them that you like, and that didn't come from me talking to a therapist for 10 years. None the of the therapists didn't do, I'm sorry guys, crap for me. Like I love therapy. I'm a therapist, but like, if you have to be in it for 10 years, like what are we doing? We really have to dig deep and really get into the places of our body. Cause it's all connected. Trauma is connected to our bodies, not just our thoughts. So that when we can get still, that's when sort of, after we get rid of the junk, right, of the monkey mind, and you can kind of let that settle a little bit, and then listen to our thoughts and become aware of what's really there, then that's who we really are. But most people don't give themselves the time and the space to do that. And then once I'm in that space, like, it's not really bad thoughts. It's kind of really cool stuff. <laughs> It's really empowering stuff, like, and it guides me in a way that I'm like, oh, I should just do this today instead of, like, sit on my computer and hem in a hall of, like, paperwork. I should really do something else that ends up being much more effective and, you know, better for me in the long run.
1: And this conversation is so important in the today and now because of all of the things that happened with COVID and being at home for so long that people, I feel like, forgot that moving your body is synonymous with having a clear mental space so that's why there's all of this like internet rage and people want to fight with just clear strangers on topics in which they disagree and it's like you don't know this person they're not going to impact your life why are you expending that energy and trying to convince them something that you're never going to convince them with and just go outside just go outside, freaking plant something, <laughs> go walk and, and get grounded and just be because it's, it's all energy and the energy is stifled within your body. And you're choosing to go ham on people instead of transferring it in another healthier way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The internet really became this whole crazy place particularly in covid or the internet or social media particularly around well and it was really dangerous for some of the you know people of color watching all these murders um of of black people it just was horrific and then it just i don't it was hard to tell and not that racism doesn't exist i'm not saying that all but it was hard to tell like what's underneath all this like I mean, there was wars upon wars around the racial justice stuff. And yes, it should have happened. And yes, people are right to be angry. But somewhere we lost like the both and can be true. Like you can have a political difference for me and we can I can think different from you and I can love you as a human being. And we can talk through it like that. That got lost, like completely and i feel like the human spirit just was like ah <laughs> i'm so out of whack right so i'm like if i didn't have my yoga mat i'm not sure where you know where i would land because when times like that happen and it things got so out of balance i, I you know i have a way to just like drop on the mat and just be and ground myself but but yeah that was it was just really scary for a lot of people
2: yeah and then to see i think even with that a movement of you know mental health awareness and really starting to have people focus on that and having more people educate others about it. Um, even, even towards our youth, I think our youth, it's would be the most important thing for them. Um, because being able to work through those things and learn how to deal with trauma, something that I think our generations really didn't. You know what I mean? We're lucky enough if we're the ones who are starting to kind of go through that process ourselves and learn to heal ourselves. Um, so it's, it's amazing. Also, the things that you're doing within your community. Uh, could you tell us a little more about that as well?
0: Yeah. So um, the nonprofit, now that you mentioned kids, made me think of it because um, like we do teach kids like what is trauma? Like they don't know early on. Um, and how it affects your body, right? And so if someone had just let me know that maybe I wouldn't have become an alcoholic. No, I'm just, I mean, I don't know. Like it's possible, right? I don't know. Like there's other ways to understand what's happening to you or what has happened to you, right? And there's other ways to heal your body as opposed to put something in it. Right. So we all this stuff that we are like, we want to fill ourselves up. There's other ways to fill ourselves up without an actual substance, food, cigarettes, all those things. Right. We're just we're just acts, grasping at straws for something. Um, so I did. I started the nonprofit, actually, um, because of COVID. And I had I had a studio like my business been open for four years, but because once the um, pandemic hit, and I've been wanting to start a nonprofit, but it's a, it's like it's kind of a beast. I it's my my love of labor, but man, is it a beast. Um, it's just a lot of moving parts um and a lot and a lot of things you have to be on top of. Um and if you really want to do it in a really thoughtful way, um, you have to have a lot of systems, a lot of support and all those things and funding and all of that. Um, but also I'm doing something that's completely different than it's never been done before. Um, and so people are kind of like, what the heck is that? Like, and it's so out of the box, even though it's the most appropriate thing to be doing and makes so much sense. It kind of blows people's minds. They're like, what do you mean you don't just do therapy? Or what do you mean you have coaches that do wellness counseling? Like. What do you mean? It's all in one space where you go to the gym or the or a center. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> like it's sort of a and and you see kids. Like, how do you do it? Like, <laughs> I'm like this is just stuff that honestly is just it's second nature to our bodies. It's just not second nature to anybody else yet, but it will be very very soon. So, um, we do do coaching. We do um, therapy. But I do have therapists on staff now. Um, we have about six fitness. Staff that do a different variety of like yoga, Pound, which is the cardio fit class using drumsticks. Um, we do a bunch of holistic workshops. So really the goal is to get people to understand different ways of healing their own bodies. So like the chakra healing. We just had a sound bath healing last weekend. That was so amazing. Oh my God, it was so great. And it was this this um, wonderful person called Calvin Young, and he's um, a person of color, black man. And he had been in jail and told his story and he was an addiction. And so you know bringing those people to the forefront as as healers but also people that have been through exactly what some other people have been through and can just show the way is sort of in a holistic way i think is really that's really what we try to do for the community and really try to heal them in in those ways and we do believe that healing is possible and you don't have to just sit in a chair and talk to a therapist cuz sometimes that's almost too re-traumatizing there are other ways to just get angry or be silent and and actually progress on healing. And actually, that happens way faster than just sitting across from somebody one hour a week. So, we're it's really interactive. They come to us for three months. It's a full interactive one on one program for coaching or for therapy, but it's all, even the therapists are incorporate um, wellness and movement and mindfulness
1: in, in everything we do. And I love your correlation between if you had this way when you were younger to deal with trauma maybe it wouldn't have led to because people don't concentrate on wellness. People concentrate on sickness. Mm -hmm. So they're very quick to go to the doctor if something's bothering them, not knowing that all of the while they could have had a wellness practice that may have prevented that sickness from even occurring. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So in the long run, people aren't concentrating on wellness, but it actually saves the country in yourself so much money if you invest <laughs> in your wellness now. Your sickness will maybe be alleviated altogether.
0: I keep saying that the uh, the insurance company is going to hate them because I'm going to put all rehabs out of business because this actually does work. <laughs> And it works really well.
2: (laughs) No. And, and I mean, and on top of that, I think the, the best thing that you're doing too, is sometimes I feel like when you have a therapist or you have, you go to anyone for any kind of wellness practice, they don't understand your culture. They don't understand that background that you came from. So it's difficult for them to help you when they don't understand that themselves um, so the fact that you focus on, on minorities as well helps so much because it's like, Oh, finally someone who understands the kind of trauma that I've been going through, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Rather than someone who will just tell me like, Oh, well just don't do that. And it's like, no, this is like deep rooted in my family. I can't just like, let go of this. And, um, and so being able to do all of those things, cause also, you I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was like, Therapy wasn't a thing that you thought after, you know, tough through it. You know what I mean? Like that that's what we were always told. Like, shit happens, keep moving. And no one ever talked about their emotions. Everyone just either got angry or took their anger out on each other. And, you know, so being able to finally like kind of break that generational, those generational curses with something like what, with what you're doing with people who actually understand you is incredible. It's, and I don't think people always understand that aspect of why it's so important for minorities to have people who understand them in that sense. It's not just like, well, anyone can do this. Yes, anyone can, but not everyone understands exactly what those people went through.
0: Right. That's such a good point, because it's similar to like when people are like, well, someone in recovery, you know, doesn't have to be seen by someone in recovery. And I'm always like, "Mm, well, I don't know about that. Like, (laughs) it's a very different conversation when I'm working with someone who's been in recovery. If I'm, you know, and I, because I tell them right off the bat, I am. And the conversation like that is completely different and much richer and much deeper. And I don't have explained myself through all of it, right? So it's very similar to, you know, working with matching people with other people that are people of color. So if you're someone seeking healing, you really should be offered at least another person that also understands institutional racism. So you don't have to describe that. I mean, that's re-traumatizing in and of itself. So let's not do that anymore. So part of our model was to... I had the coaches that I hire, um, like I, to remove those barriers, remove those access. Cause everyone's always like, well, how, how do you know, how can you hire all these people? They're not certified. They're not, you know, they don't have all these. And what's up my white Do you just, yeah, (laughs) they don't have to like all these, you know, numbers or letters behind their name. And, you know, I don't, I can't hire them. And where do you find them? They're not qualified. And I was like, that's just a barrier to systematic racism. If you're in charge and you're the leader, then you shift that dynamic, right? So no one has to be certified in anything to take my coaching training. I train them on everything they need to know because I'm so highly trained in it, right? So I'm also using the gifts, right? So I don't, and we just got a big donation to help support that program so that those people are now paid for. So there is the that is how you change the world if you're really looking at access to creating leaders and the healing world particularly um you know there was a statistic that came out that 69% of black men it, the rate increased for overdose deaths and and that was like that was like completely unacceptable to me like you cannot That came out in a report, and I only knew about it because I was writing a grant to to help with that population, our population, my population, and that astounded me. So I worked really hard to make sure that the only way that's not going to happen is if we put the healthy Black men that are able to heal other people and train them to work with other Black men or Black women, you know, however people of color, however you want to phrase it, to really do the healing. So. yeah, that was my little spiel. It sounded very like lecture. No,
2: that was time. incredible. <laughs>
1: it's, it's such an important conversation. It's so, it's so important. It's such an important conversation. And I love that you are uh, I mean, you're doing it because you reside in Cape Cod. I so but I love that you're doing yes. it in Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> because also so many, true. Yes, because so many people look at you know, Martha's Vineyard and right. the Cape as this prestigious kind of area where the Obamas go and like the high and like Oprah goes to vacation, not realizing that that's like two months out of the year. We right. live in Massachusetts as well. Like, other than that, there are normal residents. It's actually a pretty small community and there is a large minority population. There's a lot of Cape Verdeans, which is Black Portuguese, sure. like who have, and and then there's also a demographic who have addiction issues, right. um, and they need this program so much, and it's so important that you are giving them an opportunity to heal themselves, as well as giving the prestigious people who are visiting an opportunity to see what you're doing. Sure, and maybe yeah. through some really cool osmosis way, they'll trans, when they get back to wherever they reside, they'll have that subliminally in their thoughts and say, okay, how can I implement what was happening there over to my neck of the woods?
0: Yeah. What's really cool is we started a tiered pricing model for the nonprofit so that you could either be supported, sustaining, or supporting. So we do see people that, you know, aren't in economic difficulty, um, who are white, you know, there are some people who are, you know, people of color who have economic means, you know, I don't want to box anybody out or judge anyone or, or make preconceptions or notions, but, um, that allows the person to then pick where they, where they can. And then they have sort of locust of control over what their, what their wellness is. So, right. So supported would be the lowest sustaining is like your general average, you know, what you would go to a wellness studio for. And then supporting is above. And what's been so fascinating to me is that since we started that 90% is supporting, right? So it's like people really want to give back. They really want to help. So even if, you know, even if they can't, they really want to choose that one. And some people have to be like, no, 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 like don't break your bank. We're here for you. That's why it's called supported, right? It's so like, okay, like that feels so bad, but like that's really why it's why it's there. Um, and so those tiered levels really help to span that out and then it's just so great that the community's like no i see what you're doing and i want to support it and here's how i can and and if, even if it's just one class i'm going to pay the highest rate right if a summer person who's dropping in um then they'll pay the highest rate and that automatically goes to somebody who can't afford a class Ugh. Oh,
1: so glad to know you <laughs> and so in addition to just wandering around being a beacon of light and help <laughs> Wandered around these Cape Cod There street. are a lot of
0: lighthouses around here, I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> like sprinkling good things <laughs> among every single thing that you touch. You also listen to good things, so the oh. podcast that you re- recommend, all good, like feel good. And I think that this is very intentional <laughs> because you know you interact with what you're you're constantly in contact with. And the ones that you chose is Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, the O, the late Yes. And uh, Brene Brown.
0: I did. Can I add one more? Yes. Oh, my God. So um, I just started working for We Are the Luckiest, which is a uh, sobriety support company that um, is headed up by Laura McCowan. And she just started um, Tell Us Something True. And oh, my God, that is the most beautiful podcast I have ever listened to. I'd like love it above like the Gabby Bernstein and. Um,
1: <laughs> so it's I know, right? tell me, tell me, something, tell me true? something
0: true. Yes, tell me what it's, it's about. So, it's so authentic. She interviews. It doesn't have to. She does recovery stuff, but some people are in recovery, some are not. It's really like if you wanted to have a real conversation with somebody and you want to know what they're really thinking, it's like that. And you get so many nuggets out of it. Like I pull my car and I have to like write notes, you know, where I'm like, oh my God, like, and quotes, the people that she gets are just so thoughtful and authentic. And I would say like up in my wheelhouse. So they must be like holistic or spiritual in some way, <laughs> but, uh, but not all of them. Some of them are just uh, like, she had shell straight on and that was amazing and it's also just the way she asks questions. Laura's going to be like, I "Can't believe you did this, but she' love it." <laughs> yeah, it's the way Laura asks questions too, which is really um, which is really amazing. I think for people in recovery, because they survive so much, there's a different way of, of asking questions and understanding people. Um, so that really I think that really comes through in that podcast, so I don't know, just
1: give her a big shout out, but I love it, and I love her. I love podcasts like that. There is a podcast that I listen to um, regularly and it's not even an an interview style process. They come on and they tell something like one aspect of their life. And that's just it. it. And I end up becoming enthralled. Like I start stalking them on social media. I'm like, I need to know more about how this how this played out in their life because it's so real and it's so genuine and it's so like raw that you just immediately feel a connection. Even though I'm never gonna meet these people, but it's like a spiritual connection. So we gave you soup many, many months ago when it wasn't summertime. <laughs> I don't I even remember what kind of I soup it was. I know. Okay. I was like, I don't remember my stuff. Wait, tell me the names and I'll tell you which one I bought. So there was poblano chicken. There is tomato basil, there's chicken noodle There is. and
2: vegetable.
1: There's corn and potato chowder. That was it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we could work for Spoonful Comfort. We know all of their soups by now. (laughs) My husband's like, why'd you get chowder?
0: You live in the Cape. You know what it tastes like. I'm like, because I always like to try different ones. And that was really good. I loved it. I do remember that. The corn was exceptionally good. It was like sweet corn. I do remember. See? I do remember. The body never forgets good food.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It is truly an experience for all of the senses, right? Like like you taste it. You smell it. You like feel the warmth. That's why we chose soup because it's so embodying of everything. Like and then your body's like, oh, wait, I crave more for this nightly. (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
0: And you love the rolls. I mean, yeah, I ate those immediately. That was, that, that, those like melted in my mouth. I was like, yep, more of that, please.
1: So, in all of the awesomeness that you're doing, you've also, I don't know, just written a book. You're just like an author. Like, when do you sleep? Do you sleep? I, d- <laughs> and I you, do. Like, you have children. Like, you look, you're like gorgeous. Like, <laughs> you just make it tough for the rest of us you're just an overall good person so that like would, whatever if you, you ask yeah
0: if you ask my husband he'd be like oh my he's a little tired of me <laughs>
1: what yeah <laughs> keep playing this on repeat every oh, yes. night when you guys go to bed <laughs> totally be lying. like i will make you a hype track i will make you a hype track and be like oh oh really when he's like Diana, can you just like i don't know help me do the dishes but like no i don't have to because i'm a good fucking person (laughs) and then just play me saying it over and over and over and over again listen i don't do the dishes anyway
0: so he's so particular about how the dishwasher works that when we first got married i was like yo in my vows i am not you will always be able to wash the dishes in the dishwasher i vow I'm not kidding you guys. Will show you, <laughs> I will show you the piece of paper. <laughs>
1: so it's kind of I insane. wish
2: I could make mine do that.
1: <laughs> so that I, was the perfect example. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. We're kind of like going into the last portion, which is called Bisk Please. Bisque please, tell us where people can find your book, what your book's about, anything else that you're promoting, where people can donate so that you can get a million dollars to that wellness center so that you can create it, let us put all of the links in there for you. But tell us about them first.
0: All right. So I wrote a book called Becoming Free. It's a memoir by myself, Anna Parent. Um, and I actually wrote it in COVID. Well, I finished it in COVID. Um, so in some ways for me, I know it was like a, a very difficult time. Um, I was able to publish a book and create a nonprofit. So it actually gave me that that time and space that I needed to 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 finish some projects. Um so it's really just about uh the freedom of becoming a healthier person in the world for myself and sort of how the early stages um of me really being close with my mom and then her having her own addiction and, and the separation of us and how that really was the, the trauma and the abandonment um, that led to my addiction later on. Um, but then through the process, I adopted my daughter through DCF and um, had been in rehab twice, and um, but then created my business, the wellness that I have right now, uh, the Be Free Wellness Inc. that I have now, um, and hopefully at some point to a million-dollar wellness center. So it's, uh, it's the journey and the, and the stories along the way. And, um, I would say for anyone that's that's looking for inspiration, um, on whether they can do that or not. And it's, again, I don't want to box it into just recovery. It's really just about becoming free from whatever is holding you back in your life. So, um, and most people that read it weren't necessarily in recovery from addiction. Um, but their, their comments were basically like, it showed them the way to just sort of unlock some of the stuff that they were dealing with and, and to be lighted, live lighter in the world. So, and then for the nonprofit, my, um, website is befreewell.com and you can donate right through the website. We are a full federal 501c3. So, um, yeah, you can just give us that million dollar check. You just click that button and, um, The dream for our wellness center, uh, for the future, um, hopefully we can sort of kick off some big capital campaign within the next two years, but you never know. It could happen sooner is to really have a holistic wellness center in one spot. So you would have a huge, we would have a huge studio with all the classes, a separate yoga, quiet sort of restorative room. Um, but then different offices and where the social workers and therapists could meet, but also Reiki practitioners, also acupuncture, all those holistic energy sort of mind body healing soul in one in one place um, along with holistic medical doctors as well as psychiatrists so um, they would sort of have to buy into our model of holistic healing so we wouldn't do anything that wouldn't you know serve the person's mind body spirit Um, but everything you know things are different for everyone so um so that is our goal you can find my book right on amazon i don't have the link right in front of me but you can it's pretty easy to find right on Amazon. You can also purchase through my website.
1: I love it. And when my business Crackers and Suit, makes its first million in one year, I will make a hefty donation. Whoop whoop! <laughs> towards the million dollar center, and I and I want to go in there, and I want someone to put put Ricky on me, Ricky there my ass, go. put some Ricky on me. <laughs> Happy to, girl. Happy to. <laughs> Happy to heal you up. <laughs> and I love that, you're, that you said that your book isn't for just people with, you know, quote-unquote addictions. I mean, there are so many things that can be considered addiction. Rage right. can right. be considered addiction. Um, well, our dep- phones. Phones, depression, anxiety, all of these things that we kind of use to divert our attention from actually healing ourselves can essentially be defined as an addiction. Mm-hmm. So thank you for all of the beauty that you do in our Commonwealth. Yes. And that you're just, you're just contagious in your do-gooding and you're do gooding. And I'm just so happy that you decided to Yes. That number one that you answered my email because I was like oh, she's gonna completely ignore me. <laughs> no, oh my god, no. Because what you have to say is so important all of the time, and you're just such a, a a delight. And thank you so much for talking about everything today.
0: Yeah. Oh well, thank you guys. It's a pleasure. You're a breath of fresh air. You you laugh and and you really you can enjoy the conversation. Some podcasts I go on, it's a little bit of a stretch.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I can't deal with that. So this is when you ask me to do it again, I'm like, hell oh, yeah! I'll talk to you guys. I'll do also, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you are boring and dry, like you get nothing from me. <laughs> Like Wait, if but can you- we have
0: like some chocolate and some ice cream? I mean I like this <laughs> but can we like shake it up? <laughs> you know, I feel I know you like can't the- send that, but like you guys have come to Cape Cod and eat ice- there's like a million ice cream places here.
1: We have to, like, we have to get up together. Um, and I think that that was like the plan the last time we talked that we would oh, all yeah. just drive to your house, and all of a sudden we'll have a barbecue, and you'd be like, "Welcome, everybody, welcome!" <laughs> and then, like, I was, I was stalking you on Facebook, and I was like, "Well, who is this? This like delicious." chocolate hot chocolate and then i was like oh he's like some therapist that does all of these things and i'm like <laughs> oh he's calvin I is that my calvin husband. yeah who did the sound healing yeah. probably that was yeah. him <laughs> I was like, "Who'd I be? I was like, "I need my husband to get a day off so we can go <laughs> hang out with Aiana because she's just rocking with some cool ass people now, oh, three my God. hours away
0: from us." I know. I'm getting. I'm getting them all. Wait till you see the retreat in 2022. That is going to be. That's going to be
2: chocolate there.
0: chocolate magic. Let
2: me tell you. We need to be there. We are
0: gonna have oh, to. We are gonna, gonna have to sponsor.
1: There. We're gonna have to
0: sponsor, oh, and yeah. we're gonna have to go. Oh yeah, we haven't done yes. any of that yet. But I'm starting to get the list so together. So totally. Yes. Please totally. hit me up to be a sponsor.
1: We'll absolutely, absolutely be a sponsor. Oh,
0: cool. All right. That's exciting! I'll be moving my fupa. I'll be like, "Whoa, put me in that pretzel position." (laughs) 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 I do have some black men yogis coming, girls. Watch what
1: you wish for. Watch (laughs) Watch out! Watch out! My husband's going to be like, my husband, my husband's going to be like, "What are you doing?" You better stay your black ass home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You should have seen. We had Ian
0: Elmore Moore. He's such a wonderful guy at the first retreat. And he was, um, he was our keynote speaker. And everyone was like, is he single? <laughs> yeah, no, he's, mar- he's married. He just had a baby. So, but he's coming back. He's coming back.
1: I love it. Yes. We are going to continue to stay in contact. And I'm serious. Like once you get your sponsor list, Please put put my name down. Um, we'll definitely figure that out. You're, you're such a dream. Thank you so much for everything. And I thoroughly appreciate your time and your energy. And thank you, listeners. Make sure that you donate. Make sure that she gets that million dollar wellness center because she's doing big things and helping people. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay, stay super.